This is Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name is Lucia Benavides, and today we're taking a look back over this past year, 2023. It hasn't been an easy year, that's for sure. At a global level, we've witnessed Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine, the start of the Israel-Hamas war, deadly earthquakes in Morocco, Turkey, and Syria. We've also seen the decline of COVID-19 as a global health emergency and the increasing use of generative AI models. But today, at least on this podcast, we'll be focusing on Catalan news. Joining me on this last episode of the year is reporter Lorcan Daugherty. Hi, Lorcan. Hello, Lucia. How is it in Barcelona? I'm currently not there. I'm in Texas visiting family, so I'm seeing Lorcan through a through a screen right now. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah, all all fine in Barcelona. A little bit cold, but sure, that's good this time of year, isn't it? Yeah, it should be expected. <laughs> um, so as we mentioned already, we have witnessed some horrible things this year. Tens of thousands of people killed in wars or natural disasters. Hundreds of thousands of refugees leaving their homelands for a variety of reasons. Um, so I want to take a moment to acknowledge that this has been a difficult year for many people. That said, we're going to try to keep this episode a little bit lighter. That's not to say that these heavy stories are not important to talk about. If you're a listener, you'll know that we mostly cover difficult topics. So what we want to do in this episode is, you know, highlight some interesting stories that we haven't talked about on this podcast and you may have missed and also keep it local as we tend to do we sometimes we talk about more international topics and um give it kind of a catalan twist but Lorcan, before we kind of head the more you know lighter stories route can you tell me what were the most important things that happened in catalonia in 2023 like giving us a brief overview obviously it's been a long year Well, I suppose uh, looking back over the year in terms of a Catalan news point of view, the two big events have been the two elections. Mm -hmm. You know, it might not be the most interesting thing for all our listeners, but for kind of political geeks like myself, it's it's, <laughs> it's you know it's it's been a good year in that sense. Also yeah. because we had some like really incredibly tight results, both dramatic in the local elections. elections, yeah. <laughs> And also then in the Spanish general election. So first up was the local elections. This was back in May. Mm -hmm. And across Catalonia, the socialists, I mean, we did a podcast at the time, but, you know, it was a whole, what, seven months ago. So I'll forgive you if you, if, 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 you know, if you're listening and you can't remember. Quick and reminder. at that point, you, uh, were the, you were the host. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so the socialists won the most votes across Catalonia, but the two pro-independence, two bigger pro-independence parties, Esquerra and Junts, actually won more seats and control of councils. What tends to happen in these elections is that the socialists are strong in uh, the big cities. And the Barcelona election for mayor was incredibly tight. Uh, that was very exciting on election night as we were watching the seats come in. In the end, the top three parties finished up with 11 seats, 10 seats and 9 seats. Wow. So, yeah, literally couldn't be closer. And it was very interesting on the day that the mayor was going to be elected because it was expected to be Xavier Trias, who was representing Junts. 
And none of the parties had managed to kind of put together a, a majority coalition. But because he was the, the leader of the biggest uh, party, uh, he was all set to become mayor. But that's not what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't very happy about it. So he said, the truth is that I'd prepared an absolutely different speech for today. I prepared a mayor speech, but I'm not the mayor. And he went on to talk about, like, you know, you, that's what the, the way elections are. That's the way democracy is. You, you, some win, some lose. But you have to know how to win and lose gracefully. S'ha de saber guanyar i perdre amb elegància. Hi ha gent que no sap perdre amb elegància. I no refereixo a ningú, però sí que la miro. Uh, he said there are people who do not know how to lose gracefully and started pointing his finger. I mean, you could argue that maybe, uh, you know, he should uh, take a look at his own behavior, perhaps. He was clearly in shock and he said something. He said, kills bombing at dots, which basically means may you all be bombed. Oh, my and, God. Uh, he said, I'm looking at my people and they're saying, don't say any more. And he was like, I won't say any more, but I'm thinking it. I'm thinking it. Yo deia, si no surt alcalde, surt alcalde que us bombin a tots. Eh? Em miren els meus, diu, no ho diguis més. No ho dic més, però ho penso, ho penso. So a couple of parties just at the last minute decided to support the socialist candidate for mayor, Jaume Colboni. Mm -hmm. So that's our mayor now in Barcelona yeah. uh, as of this year. And he will be for and, four more uh, years. Or for the, yeah, that's how exactly, long the terms exactly. last, yeah. I said earlier that it was, so it was a good election for the socialists in Catalonia, but actually across Spain there was local elections everywhere and it was a pretty bad night for the socialists. So bad, in fact, that the next morning, Pedro Sánchez, the socialist leader, decided to call a snap general election. We were sitting in the office here. It took us all by wow. shock. Wow, yeah, because it was supposed to um, be in November. Exactly. There was going to be an election before the end of the year, probably November, December time, something like that. Uh, but he called an election on May 29th, which was for July 23rd. So election in the middle of summer, which is kind of unheard of here as well. Yeah, at the end of July too, when people already maybe have left for vacation or are preparing to at least. Exactly. So we had a lot of postal votes. And like the Barcelona local elections, uh, these elections very tight result as well uh, to be fair to Pedro Sanchez well we know he he is the prime minister again so he, yeah. he made the right call to make to, spoiler to call alert he won yeah <laughs> um the people's party were actually the the party that won the most votes but they were well short of a majority even with the votes of far-right Vox they were still short of a majority so we had months of the socialists negotiating with lots of smaller parties to try and get a majority for Pedro Sanchez including of course the Catalan pro-independence parties who on paper on the night of the election actually had a pretty bad night but the way the maths of the chamber worked out they were in a really powerful position because they kind of held the balance of power well we did a podcast on that election too of course so the talks dominated what well, the election was in July and we're just in December and you know we've we've just recently had the new government so basically the whole second half of the year that's what's dominated uh, politics here anyway and it has meant things that were kind of not on the table, mm -hmm. such as like an amnesty yeah, for Catalan pro-independence figures uh, is now a reality. It looks like it's going to be a reality. We've got we've got a law that's that's already passed its first vote in Congress on December 12th. 
Um, and uh, we'll talk a bit more about what might happen next year. Yeah, and another big story from Catalonia this year is the drought. Um, we had a recent podcast about this at the beginning of December, um, but we're currently in the worst droughts in history or recorded in Catalonia. Um, it's been going on for 36 months, so three years, um, going into the fourth year. Yeah, I mean, it's been one of those stories that we've been covering throughout the year on Catalan News. It, the situation hasn't got any better. If anything, it's got worse. It, it just isn't raining where, where, where it needs to rain, as you said. And it's mainly being felt in maybe agriculture now and in industry as well. But it seems as if uh, it, we're going to notice it on a domestic level uh, very much next year, definitely. So I know I'm usually the one to ask you questions, or I guess, Lorcan, when you were a podcast host, you were doing the question asking, but I want to segue into kind of the more lighter stuff. And I think, you know, first on the agenda, we can talk about celebrity gossip, which we never talk about on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar uh, with some of these things. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was um, at the beginning of the year in January, Colombian pop star Shakira wrote a song for Catalan football player Gerard Piqué um, after their split. Have you heard it? I have indeed. It's a great tune, great tune. It, uh, it's super catchy. Tiene nombre de persona buena. buena. Yeah, exactly. And then she says... The, Claramente like, yeah, no yeah, es como suena. <laughs> exactly. She literally mentions the name of like the woman that Piquet presumably cheated on her with her I'm not sure if left her for but the, the other person involved in this uh, yeah. falling out drama and just in case for listeners that don't kind of have like the whole background story for this um, Shakira and Piquet you know have been together since 2010 I believe they met at the World Cup where Spain won um, so they've been together a long time like you know I guess it would be it would have been 13 years um, they had two sons, um, but they split up at the end of 2022. And so Shakira started 2023 with this like super hit of a song. She um, the song is in Spanish, which, you know, like when Shakira became very famous, she started singing more in English. So that was kind of an important thing of her going back to her Spanish speaking roots. Um, and she recorded the song with an Argentine rapper, Bizarrap, who is like, blowing up right now um and i wanted to i wanted to mention some of the quotes i mean and i'll translate them to english um where she says i was out of your league that's why you're now with someone just like you and she says you traded a ferrari for a renault twingo which i have no idea what that car is <laughs> but it's a clearly not as expensive as a ferrari you traded a rolex for a casio um, and then she also says, you left me with your mom as a neighbor, the press at my door and uh, a debt with the tax authorities. And actually, that last line is referring to another ongoing story with Shakira kind of related to Catalonia. And um, in November, we had an update to that story. So this is about her tax fraud case, which I'm sure you also have heard about, Lorcan. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, it's been going on for a while. I'm sure, you know, Catalan News has covered it a lot. Um, 
Shakira was accused of not paying taxes in Spain between 2012 and 2014, owing 14.5 million euros. So in November, she finally reached a settlement to pay half that amount and an additional half a million euro fine to avoid going to jail. Because that was one of the things, like, was Shakira going to end up in a Catalan jail? Well, she's not. Um... And there were videos released of her in court. She's not saying much, but, you know, we can hear her agreeing to the terms that the judge lays out. The tribunal presume que usted ha tenido pleno conocimiento de lo que, de lo que consta en este escrito. Así es. But in other Catalan celebrity news, uh, Rosalía and her fiancé Raúl Alejandro, who is a Puerto Rican singer, they broke up in July, which a lot of people are very upset about because um, this was a much-loved partnership. Um, they had, just four months before their split, released an EP together um, of, you know, you know, romantic songs that they sang together and also where they actually had announced their engagement. So it was kind of a shock. I don't know if you... Had you heard of this story, Lorcan? I have to confess that I hadn't, Lucia. This was a huge story, mostly because it shocked everybody. They seemed to be so happy together. They were already, you know, planning their weddings and all of a sudden they split up. There were a lot of rumors of what happened. But at the end of the day, um, no clear story kind of, you know, came out. Um, but Rosalia, kind of the silver lining to this uh, for Catalan residents is that Rosalia is reportedly moving back to Barcelona. She was in the U.S. since she, you know, became the internationally known pop star. So she's moving back to her homeland and she wants to open up a music studio in Hospitalet, which is pretty cool. Just down the road from us here. I wonder if we'd be able to, to call in and... and... Exactly. See how Rosalina's yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll try to hang out there in the afternoon and see if we can catch her. <laughs> Thanks for that update, Lucia, on all the celebrity gossip uh, we've had this year because a lot of it, I have to say, uh, passed me by. Uh, in return, I've got a few kind of quirky, quintessential Catalan cultural stories, if you'd like to hear That's them. That's cool. I would love to. Well, both of them involve activities which have been declared intangible cultural heritage of humanity cool. uh, they were actually declared not in 2023 uh, it was in december 2022 but i think i'm okay sneaking them into this podcast because there were celebrations of that new achievement that happened this year so the first is an activity called uh well in english you would say timber rafters <laughs> So it's basically in Catalonia, they, these uh, people are called rayers. In certain towns in Catalonia, put together a joint application, also with people who do similar things in Austria, Czech Republic, Germany, Latvia, Poland. And uh, they wanted to preserve this centuries-old method of river transport. Um, so they had a big celebration this year, and they went down the river... Um, but it's uh, it's amazing that this tradition, which dates all the way back to the Middle Ages, they still actually do today. Now it's more as a kind of a celebration. It's a bit of a the town gets together, and you know it's 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 an activity for people to do. But back in the day, it was like 
the best way that people had to transport goods and people along these rivers um, that we have in, in Catalonia. It's so cool. And it's worth seeing the videos online if you can look it up to to really see how large the, the rafts are. Yeah, these huge big trunks as well that they use. And the other new intangible cultural heritage uh, we have in Catalonia is bell ringing. So in May this year, the sound of church bells echoed around the western Catalan village of Os de Balaguer. And it wasn't just, you know, calling people to attend mass, as you might expect. It was their annual bell ringers gathering, the 35th that they've held, and the first since they were, were awarded this UNESCO uh, status. So more than 60 bell ringers came from all around Spain, and uh, the mayor said it was a big party. One of the bell ringers spoke to her colleagues at the Catalan News Agency and said... El toc manual es va perdent, no en queda. Es que en pas s'electrifiquen, s'automatitzen cada cop més... Manual ringing is being lost, bells are becoming increasingly automated and there aren't that many people who want to ring bells. He was addressing media and he was pointing at them and saying, what you do now, the media, is what the bell ringer used to do in the past. He said, announced meetings, announced masses, lost and found, storms, fires, everything. It was all done by the bell ringer and they're keeping this figure alive. That's really cool. And another real good kind of feel-good story here in Catalonia, uh, another cultural one, was a library in Barcelona being named the world's best public library. So this is the Gabriel García Márquez Library. And, you know, we've already talked on podcast about how, you know, we have some of the best restaurants here, pubs, clubs. But this is a really nice one because it's, it's it's. you know, it's the best library. and Definitely. Uh, and it's in the neighborhood of No Barris too, which is more of a working class neighborhood. So it's nice that, you know, the most beautiful library in the world would be not in a rich neighborhood, but like, yeah, like that it, it's there to serve a more working class neighborhood. And I think it's it's nice because, the, you know, architecturally, it's really cool. It kind of is meant to look like a stack of open books. Uh, but apart from that, as you say, it serves as a community hub as well. Uh, in fact, for 240,000 residents, it, they said when they were giving the award. That's really cool. I still need to visit. It's been on my list for this year. So yeah, I know me too. Maybe something to look forward to in 2024. And speaking of future plans, um, let's take a look ahead at what's coming in 2024, what we expect to happen um, besides visiting the Gabriel Garcia Marquez Library. What are the major things to to look out for? Well, we're hoping that the drought comes to an end soon. But uh, in the meantime, Catalonia is going to declare in January a drought emergency in Barcelona. They've already, the government has already advised of this. So they're going to reduce water flow. Uh, they're going to postpone the, the opening of new farms or hotels. And the use of showers in locker rooms and changing rooms is going to be curtailed as well. Um, so qu- quite significant. I think we're actually going to start noticing it, you know, as everyday citizens or whatever, not just people who are closely following the news or whatever. That's the drought. Politically, the big story, I think, is going to be this amnesty law. No one really knows exactly when the amnesty law might def- definitively be applied. 
spot. I've heard April be mentioned, but it's a story I think it's going to keep us busy throughout the year. And especially, you know, if we get some of these figures like Pujdemont uh, returning again. That Yeah, that'll be a huge story. The other big political story will be the European elections in June. More elections. More elections, exactly. <laughs> Another election year, yeah. There's always one, well, usually. And then, of course, we've got all the big events that happen in Barcelona every year. Primavera Sound Festival, Sonar, uh, artists like Lana Del Rey, Pulp, Vampire Weekend, Floating Points, and concerts from Bruce Springsteen again. Everyone knows Catalonia loves Bruce Springsteen and vice versa. Uh, Depeche Mode, loads of concerts like that. And in terms of sport, there's a really big event happening in Barcelona in October, which is the America's Cup, a sailing uh, race, which, you know, we'll be covering on Catalan News. And we, we did a podcast on already. Not to be confused with the Copa de América, which is a football tournament, which is taking place this July. But not in Catalonia. <laughs> not in Catalonia. But people in Catalonia will be watching. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I will be, at least, yeah. Speaking of football, the big story in Catalonia next year could be that a Catalan team wins the league and maybe not Barcelona, but Girona, which would be, well, it'd be the first time ever, absolutely unprecedented and would be one of the biggest stories in world football ever. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say. So we're hoping that happens, but uh, we'll have to see. And the last thing I wanted to point out to look forward to next year is the world's oldest person, Maria Brañas, who lives in Catalonia, uh, turns 117 on March the 4th. So hopefully we will be wishing a happy birthday to Maria then. It's time now for the Catalan phrase of the week, the last one of the year. What is it going to be? Fe campana. So I guess to ring the bell? Yeah, you might think. But it actually is used for skipping school or it's also extended into other uses as well. Like if you skipped a meeting or work or whatever. Ah, yeah. To play hooky, as we say in the US. I don't know what you say in Ireland. In my town, we said daubing, but I think that might just be in Derry. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Lorcan, for being here and for reflecting on this past year with me. There will be no podcast next week, so enjoy the rest of your holidays. We'll be back on January 13th for the first Filling the Sink episode of 2024. In the meantime, you can catch Catalan News on social media or email us at fillingthesink at acn.cat. On behalf of the entire team, I'm Lucia Benavides, wishing you a wonderful new year. Goodbye, ciao, adeo.